Aleph on the Tesmanalf on the top. We're talking about things which may or may not have an issue of klayim, of shotness, depending on their ability to give warmth to a person. And the Yumarandov caution something which is hard and a person not maschamim does not get warmth from it, there's not an issue of sitting on top of it, because the only issue of shotness would be a person benefits from the warmth in the process. The Murray gives now another example. Top line, Rashi says is a garment, gamda, which is hard, denourished, nourishes of a certain place, of a, sounds like it was a certain type of garment they had over there. Shari is mutter. Mutter to what to sit on? It's not a garment which gives any warmth, it's a sort of a hard type of material, and therefore that's permissible, not going to be an issue of claim, even if we have shotness, wool, and linen inside there. Amr of Papa Ardolin, a membership claim. Ardolin rash is something which is worn inside of the shoe, and also it sounds like a piece of like tough material, and that's not going to be an issue of claim. It's also hard, and therefore the similar as the last Gemara, no concern of claim. Amr Rava Hani Tsrari Dipshiti, a membership claim. If you have a piece of material which was used to gather money in there, and you put it in your, uh, you put it against your body, but the Rashi says that the, it also becomes hard through the money being in there, also no issue of claim. The Bezruni issue of claim, but if it's there to gather and to hold seeds, there is an issue of claim. Sounds like according to this opinion, it does not get the same hardness that the other one does, and therefore there can be a question of, of warming the person <laughs> In the process, and Ravashi says no. It's not something which at all meant to give any warmth, and therefore, there, even if the one of his right, which maybe has some level of softness, it's not derech, and therefore would not be a concern of klein. Okay, that ends off the client discussion. Now, going back to the halachas the Mishnayis that we said you can send certain things on yontif, but not sandal hamasumer. Sandal hamasumer is this hobnail um, sandal. And the Gemara says, what exactly is the issue with that? What's wrong with that? It's a sandal. Okay, it happens to have some, uh, some spikes in it. What exactly does that make him usher to send on you? The Gemara says, my time There was a story. And as she quotes a story from Shabbos, there was a number of people that were in a cave together, and there was someone walking on top with a sandal in the summer with a hobnail boot, and people got scared. They thought the enemy was coming, and they all um, panicked, and there was people who got trampled in the process. And very interesting, Chazal therefore made like a halacha not to wear a hobnail boots because, as a commemoration of that sad story that took place, it's fascinating for all history. Now you can't wear sandal on the summer because there's one story that took place that was a, against a tragedy, and therefore we did not allow that. Again, it didn't really have to do with the fact that there was sandal on the summer that caused it. I mean, it did. It was the person who was on top of the cave and made the, Correct. I mean, yeah. Question: How far this would, uh, how far this would go? But I'm rabbi sandal on the summer. Ostanali person cannot wear it. Umotel tatu allowed to move it. Something called muktza on yontif for Shabbos. We said the story that took place is that makes it also to wear it. It says in the mission you cannot send it. It would not be necessary to say in the mission you can't send it if it's also even to move it. So it must be moving in some muktzah. 
It's true, it can't be worn as a regular sandal, but it can be moved. Mishalchan has to have a purpose to it, it has to have a, something which can be used, and since this can't be used, you would not be allowed to send it as a present on Yantif. It's not fully sewed. Again, the Mishnah's Pshita. You can't wear it. It's not sewn together. Of course, it's not going to be a usable shoe. It's held together with some sort of uh, flimsy way, but it is held together and does have the possibility of being worn. Not very comfortable necessarily, not very protective, but it could be worn. Still, since it's not normal to wear it that way, you cannot send it on Yantif. And Ruta says, a white shoe. That shoe means it's an unfinished shoe. It's a shoe which has not been dyed yet, the black color. And that, therefore, it's not really usable. Tanya, Ruta, he says, if it's black and ready, it's okay. Even if it's not finished, as we'll see, it's not completed the process of, of the shoe, but it's already been blackened. That's mutter. But Lavan is not mutter. He says, Agar needs this, this uh, process, which is basically taking this egg and this mixture and making a black on the shoe and until it has that finishing process it's not going to be mutter to send, there's no purpose even the black one's going to be asked if it's not finished you still have to rub it down you still have to smooth it out so it sounds like until the shoe is completely finished it's not considered to be something which a person would wear and therefore it's not considered a usable item even though it sounds like they're arguing whether a shoe which is blackened but not yet been smoothed down is going to be mutter or not, Kamara says, really, it's not They each had a different way of finishing shoes. Each one was based on his city, his place. What is the difference? Right? Whether the, which side of the skin of the animal they actually was on the outside would be a difference in different cities, which means the the um, hairy side, the side which is that, if that's on the outside, that's uh, that's fine. You can that's on the outside. That's that's on, doesn't have to be um, anything done to it to make it wearable. But if that's on the inside and the flesh side is on the outside, that's not something which a person would ever wear that way. It has to be smoothed down and make it look more presentable to be considered a usable shoe. And therefore, each one had the shoemakers in those cities had different ways of doing it. And based on how it was done, that would be whether it's necessary to so smooth it out after it's put on there or not. Okay, then the Mishnah ended off with a klal. Zeh klal, koshen, no yusuf, maybe yantif, anything which you can use in yantif, you can send on yantif. Sounds like it's very, very specific. If you can use it, you can send it, because it has a use. Rosheshes, shorele rabbanon l'shturei tefillin of yantif. So the Gemara says there was a story that Rosheshes mattered to send tefillin on yantif. Amalei bai, how could that be? Vanan tanan, koshen, no yusuf, maybe yantif, v'shalachon, they say. There's no way you can use tefillin on yantif. There's no use for them. So why exactly would be there be havamina, and why would he allow want to send these, these tefillin on yantif? You can't use them on yantif. Gemara says you're right. Very interesting. That as long as it's fully usable on, on weekday, you could send it on yantif. Which means till now we're discussing the shoes, which are not really um, finished or completed, fully sewn together. Those things are not considered usable during the week, even. And if you cannot send them on Yantif, it's something which is, is fully usable, you can, even though it's not technically going to be used on Yantif, you could send them on Yantif as well. Why? Because, again, the idea is a present and, and something which is, which is fully usable is still going to be permissible. But once it has to be um, completed and finished, it's not really considered something which is a 
item of, of, that a person would appreciate to get an unfinished item, and therefore it's not going to allow the sending of it, which is based within a simchas yantif, that a person could send something on yantif as a present, but there's no simcha really that's going to come from an unfinished item. But if it's finished, if it's filled and something of that nature, even though you can't use it right now, it's still going to be motor to send it. Now the Gemara now goes a little bit of a tangent. Once we started discussing tefillin, I'll tell you a different halacha about tefillin. A person is going on the road. He's wearing his tefillin on his head. Shakal of Chama also in turn Shkia, it becomes Shabbos or Kanziantif. So Maniach Yod of Aleim Ashmagiyah Lebeisli, he should put his hands on them to cover them and then try to get home as quickly as possible. Why is he covering them? Because we know that Tfilin cannot be worn on Yantif. However, the other option of taking them off would be a much more serious option we're talking about. Right on Shabbos would be the issue of carrying it and you cannot do so. So you can leave them leave them on, but try to cover them so people shouldn't get the wrong impression that they're being worn just for, right, here they're being worn for a very specific purpose. You don't want them to get ruined. So if you leave them there, they'll get ruined. You can't carry them. And therefore, the only option is to try to leave them on and cover them. Even leaving them on is not really permissible normally on Shabbos, uh, to wear tefillin on, on, on Shabbos because it's still, on some level, carrying it. You're not allowed to wear tefillin on Shabbos. But the reason why this is mutter is because if you put it down, it'll get ruined. Leave it to get ruined. So Chazal will matter this wearing it in an unusual manner. I'm sorry, not, uh, wearing it and not carrying it because it's more of an unusual way of carrying it. They will matter that on Shabbos, being that the other app should be to be mezalzal, the tefillin will be degraded if you left them there unprotected. So therefore, we left them to wear them, cover them, no one should see it. Similar Allah Chayish, a person sitting in the in the Bismedrash, he's learning, he's wearing tefillin, bereshay, we kiddush and also become Shabbos. So same halach, he should go home and cover them till he gets to his house. Master Ravun Ravuni asked the question, similar halacha, the person is going on the road, as we're in on his head, we kid the shlava yam and become Shabbos. Here it says you can't go home. You can go to the first house in the city, put them there, leave them in that house. So it doesn't seem to allow you to go all the way home with them. Leave them there. Similar, Hayish to be Samedrish, Mikidish Lavayim, Maniachyodelayan, Achmigil by Samedrish, same halacha. If you're sitting in the shul and sitting in Mesmedrish and you wearing tefillin and also realize it's Shabbos, go to the closest home to put them way over there, but don't go all the way home. So what's Pshat? The first, the first Mishnah seems to indicate you can go all the way home, and over here it says no, only to the closest available house. Very simple. One that they're considered guarded in that house that is next to the Yudhavis or next to the opening of the city. And if they're guarded there, protected there, put them there, because why should you take it further if you don't need to? If they're not if they're not protected there, that means that place is not considered a house that's going to be protected. Maybe it's a non-Jewish house, whatever it may be. That's not considered an option. So then you can take it all the way home to the whole goal here is to protect the villain. Come on, it says one second. Eli Mintra, my Ayyubarishi. I feel it If it's not protected at all, it means it'll be a place will be disgraced. Why do you have to say the case was on your head? Even if it was lying on the ground. The Mishnah says, it's a Mishnah which says, tfilin, the person finds tefillin on Shabbos on the floor. He's allowed to put them on and take them in one pair at a time. Why? To protect them from being disgraced? He's allowed to even wear them. So why does that have to say the case was on his head? He's wearing them already. If you found them on the floor, if they weren't protected, you can do the same thing and take them inside. The Mishnah says, you're right. 
Kalvi. In the case where it was protected, it means protected from thieves and from dogs who might just uh, tear them apart and, and disgrace them in that way. Here was a case that it was protected but only from dogs, not from thieves. So there's a chiddush to that. What's the chiddush to that? Maybe most bandits are, are Jews. Pretty sad um, statement. They won't go and disgrace the Tefillin. They were not, we don't assume that, and they potentially will be and therefore you can take them inside and not leave them, not leave them there. And that's the chiddush of the. Even though some are protected, still allowed to go and take it to the um, stage we need to because it's going to be mezalzal ultimately by leaving it in that place. Hadrin Allah Beah. See on the first parak of Beah. Let us continue on with the opening mission in the second parak. This mission will be a discussion regarding Erev Tafshilin. Are familiar with the halachas Erev Tafshilin? The person cannot cook. On Yantif for Shabbos, right? Different different reasons why, but the simplest um, understanding is that normally cook only for that day. You can't cook for the next day. Now the truth is, on a Duraisa level, on a Torah level, you can cook on Yantif for Shabbos, even though it's the next day. And there's different reasons for that. One reason the Gemara says is because maybe you'll maybe guests will come and therefore it's going to be something which you might need. There's another reason that there actually is an opinion which says that you can prepare Shabbos Yantif. I'm sorry, Yantif for Shabbos, that's not, Chazal did not, the Torah did not answer that. So on the rice level, it's going to be mutter. The Rabbanon forbid it, because they were concerned that if you cook for next day, it's going to be an issue regardless. But Erev Tashilin allows one to cook on Yantif for Shabbos, and that's the discussion of this Mishnah and much of the discussion of this upcoming um, Gemaras. So Yant- no, that too, right? We have first day's Pesach, right? Thursday, Friday, then Shabbos. Second day's also? No, so uh, Wednesday, Thursday. No, there, sorry, Wednesday, right. One day, right. Shabbos. Right, I mean, one day. Right, okay, so first day, okay. Shavuos also? I don't know. Okay. So stay tuned. So Yantar Shechal is Erev Shabbos. Yantar falls on Erev Shabbos, like we just said, on Pesach this year. You cannot go and cook on that day. Yantar for Shabbos, from Yantar for Shabbos. You can cook for Yantav as regular. If you have leftovers, you can use it, but you cannot cook specifically for the sake of Shabbos. This is obviously without an Erev Shilin. Then it says you can have a way of doing so. If you make a Tavshil, make a cooked item, and use that for Shabbos, then it's going to stay around. That's the concept of Erev which basically says you started the cooking already for Shabbos, and once Chazal says, once you start, you can continue on cooking. What do you need for Erev Tavshil? Mishami says you need Shnei Tavshil, you need two cooked items. Basil says no, Tavshil Echad, one cooked item. We'll see more about this later on. Very fascinating if you have a fish and an egg that was on top of it, sounds like this was a normal dish that was served. It is considered two Tavshil, even though it's served together, it has a status of two Tavshil, and even Mishami would hold that's okay. Achlu, if that Erev Tavshil was eaten, or of it, it was lost. So you lost your opportunity for now cooking. If there's this, even a drop left over, you can use it for Tavshilin, but if it was completely consumed, you're going to have an issue of now cooking for Shabbos. So what exactly is the source of this halacha that we're not going to say necessarily we'll see, it, we'll see exactly where it's coming from, but where does the Rabbana come from the, the, the basis for this halacha? Remember Shabbos to make it holy. 
says that this pasuk is coming to tell you that remember it on a time when you may come to forget it, time when there's more likely to come to forget it. And the Gemara is saying that's our case. We have a case where it's going to be on Yantif, and therefore there's so much going on. I come to forget that it's that it's um, that 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 the Shabbos preparations afterwards. So therefore, Chazal wants to specifically tour to make sure to cook on Yantif for Shabbos. My time, Rav Kadesh Yivra, money yafel the Shabbos. Make sure you have a beautiful, special food for Shabbos and money yafel the So therefore, they made Eifter Shilun in order to protect Shabbos, to protect that you should make sure to have good, enjoyable food, not just use leftovers. And therefore, they made Eifter Shilun. Rashi says the, almost the opposite. Kadesh Yivra, ain't Eifter Miyantiv the Shabbos. Kavachaim Miyantiv the Chol. It was the opposite. It was to protect the 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 possibility of a person saying. That I, if I can cook, right, from Yontif to Shabbos, may I cook for Yontif to eat the also. So they wanted to say that a person needs Erev Tashilim that you should realize, no, I normally can't cook from Yontif to Shabbos. If I can't do that for sure, I can't cook Yontif to Chol. And that reminds the person not to protect, cook for the next day. So almost the opposite reasons for Erev Tashilim, either to actually make sure that you have something ready for Shabbos, fresh for Shabbos, or you should not go and learn from here that you can do it at all times, even for. Yont of the Chol, and if it's only Mutti Yont of the Shabbos. Tanan, Oyster Tashal Mirav Yontif, listen to the Chol of Shabbos. The Mishnah said that Erev Tashil is made Erev Yontif and used of the Shabbos. Mishnah Mulavashi, the Amar, Kedish Yemu, Ephraim Yont of the Shabbos, Hainim Erev Yontif. According to Ravashi, it makes a lot of sense why it's made before Yontif. Why is it made before Yontif? Because the Erev Tashil is, is to remind the person the only reason why you can cook from Shabbos to Yontif is because he has his Erev Tashil. So Yontif. Um, in Yantav Light, calling it Yantav to serve as this reminder. Al Rava, the Rava's the whole goal is to make sure to have new fresh food for Shabbos. So, my Arab Yantav, why is Nestle making Arab Yantav? I feel Yantav now, make Yantav Shilon Yantav. The whole point is that you shouldn't forget to go and do so. Yimari says, what's what's the um, reason to do before Yantav? On Yantav also, you can make Shilon. Of course, you're right, in Echanami, it would also serve a similar purpose. You might forget. And if you want to make sure that you're going to have this in your mind, to cook fresh food for Shabbos, already start this process before Yantif to make this fresh food and to make this um, new food, and that will remind you to make f- new fresh food for Shabbos. There's another Bryce which brought from the third place, I'm sorry, not a second place, a different source. What you bake, you bake. What you cook, you cook. Only bake if you have something baked before Yantif. This was a source or a list of remes. It says, whatever you cook, whatever you have cooked items already, you can keep on cooking. Baked items already, keep on baking. Which means you have to have a cooked and a baked item before Shabbos, uh, so before Yantif, in order to cook on Yantif for Shabbos. Tanra Abadan, very interesting story. He was sitting and dashing the entire day about Yachas Yantif. Yatsak Avishen, the first group, like snuck out while he was giving the shir. So he said, he made a comment, Amar Lolobali Patsen. These are people who must have big barrels of wine at home. They're going to enjoy them. That's why they're leaving the shir early. So, not exactly the most favorable comment about them. Kachnia, the second group then left. Amar Lolobali Chavis, they're also people who are, who are indulging in wine. They, they have a little smaller, they have the smaller they have barrels, not these uh, large barrels. So they went a little bit later. These people have, have pitchers, and therefore they're going to enjoy them. 
Kadavis Amar Lolo Bali Liginin, which is again a little smaller than smaller pitchers. Can Hamish Amar Lolo Bali Kaisa that people have cups of wine? Hesilukat Shishis Lot says the sixth group wanted to leave. Amar Lolo Bali Amar, these people are like a disgrace in the whole situation because at this point there's so few people, so few Tamidim left, it would look disgraceful if they also left. So now it's no end of the Tamidim, Silopanei Mishtanen. And uh, so he gave, he, he, he looked at them, and their faces like uh, uh, turned colors. I wasn't talking to you. You have to work. You're the ones who were here. I'm talking to those who left. That they left which is basically the left uh, the shear of Torah, and they'd be involved in and things of, of material pursuit, going to enjoy their wines, and not want to stay around for the shear of Torah. When they actually finished the shir, he told them, Go eat from the fatty foods, Go drink from the sweet things, And go send presents, Those who didn't prepare. Because it's a holy day for our masters. Don't be sad, Because it is the strength of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? the, 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 the joy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our strength. We'll see exactly what this, what this passage means. It says that they were his taina and them was they were leaving the shir and they're going to chayisha material pursuits. Kamar says this was anyantif. It's all it's a mitzvah, so they're going to enjoy. True, they're going to enjoy themselves, but that's simchas yantif. So what's why is such a taina in them? Kamar says the blessed time made the omer simchas yantif is shos. He actually does not hold the mitzvah deraisa. It's not a mitzvah. It's a shos. It's a nice thing to have, but not a mitzvah at all. The sanya. A person on Yantif could do one or the other. But if you show Aymer, you should split it. So, let's say you have, you have a choice, you have an option. You can eat a drink or you can eat a but there's no um, requirement to go and, and, and eat and drink on Yantif. If Yeshua says no, there's a mitzvah. Hair for yourself, which is enjoying the foods and drinks, Chetzel Hashem, which is going to be diving and learning. So, according to the Drasha of Eliezer, there's no mitzvah of, of Simchas Yantif through eating and drinking. Amr Vechan, Shtemikra Chadosh, they both ash from the same Pasuk. Kosov Echel Eimer, Atzeres Lashem Elokecha. Kosov Echel Eimer, Atzeres Tiyolochem. One Pasuk says, it should be Lashem, one Pasuk is for you, for you. Haketz, and how is it going to work? You have a choice, you can do whichever one you want. Again, you choose. There's no mitzvah of going to Afghan and having, having food or a drink on Yantif. Yeshua says, no. Chalkei, you split it. Chatzel Hashem, Chatzel Lechem. You split it half and half. Ma'alei Nachen, what does the um, Pasuk say? You should send money, send money, so send presents or, or portions. Those who didn't prepare, Amar Rav Ches, Lomishleinia, Send to those who didn't prepare, Eftar Shilin. They need it because they, they can't make it themselves now. It means someone who wasn't able to do it after Shilin. Someone who could have done it, should have done it. He didn't do it. He is a, he's a, he was Pesheya, which means he was negligent, and therefore don't bother helping him out. It means he should have done it himself. But someone who wasn't able to for whatever reason, so you can send him portions, help him out, take care of him, since he doesn't have the ability to do it on his own. Banai, love or alive a country glishlyim. Go if you're if you're lacking in funds, borrow and why guarantee. Have a ability to make a beautiful yantif. They mean to me and trust to me. Any prayer, I will 
allow you to pay, make sure you can pay back. So Kodesh Baruch Hu guarantees that someone who needs funds for Yantav or for Shabbos, they can borrow against the Kodesh Baruch Hu's expense account, and Kodesh Baruch Hu will make sure that the loan is taken care of and the loan is paid back by giving the person what he needs to pay back the funds. Someone who wants to have a kiyam, a, a, a long-lasting to his to his possessions, he should plant the adder, which is a, some sort of very strong tree, and that that's a chashva tree, Rashi says, a strong tree, and that's going to sort of um, give a stability and a long-lasting towards the chashvah. Remember, adder Hashem was also pasuk referring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu as strength, and the more says this adder also refers to this tree of adder. Inami adra kishmei my Some say the word Adr comes from the word of that stains from dur to dur from generation to generation. It's very strong, it's long lasting, and therefore it has a good um, investment to its uh, good return on investment. A sad which has a Adr, which has an Adr tree, won't be stolen in Nechmeses, or also will guard its fruits. Rashi says that's going to have, it's going to, the branches itself sort of serve like a, like a fence for the for the field, and therefore protect it as well from people coming and taking away from its fruits. That's another added advantage that you have from this other tree, besides it's um, strong and long-lasting. It also actually protects from thievery by having this uh, this uh, type of protection around the actual tree. Okay.